0: In this episode our main topic is shells, or the terminal. We cover things like uh, shell usage, um, key features of shells, uh, we talk about the uh, usability of, of shells and, um, and the command line interfaces for common software, um, what we don't use shells for, uh, using and how we use shells for programming work, um, and um, how we use shells for just interactivity. Um, command line extensions, and we just cover off um, on some next um, sort of so called next gen shells that we've come across as well. So I hope you enjoyed the uh, the episode, and uh, we'll get on with it. G'day Cam. So how how you been? What have you been up to lately?
1: Oh, I've just been doing um, some general development stuff. Um, otherwise, I got a sit down standing desk which I've been enjoying mm. standing at in the mornings typically.
0: Is so it one of these fancy uh, motorized ones or just uh No, it's mem- the motorized
1: ones with the, the memory. I'm told you have to get the memory. Otherwise, mm. you, like it's annoying basically to use each time. So, yeah, you just press a button to stand up and it's, it's at the height you want.
0: It's pretty fancy pants. I've got a stand-up, sit-down mechanism on my desk at work and um, it's just one of the caveman ones that you gotta use your muscles to operate
1: oh okay yeah i haven't seen one of those actually what do you like crank a crank
0: or do you is it like Uh, no there's there's like a like a lever catch thing on it um and you just lift it up manually and let it down manually but it's um the the weight is offset by some springs and stuff like that okay it doesn't
1: sound so bad (laughs)
0: That's right. I cope, I cope. Okay. (laughs) Sorry, I interrupted you you. there.
1: And how have you been? What have you been up to?
0: Yeah, not too much. Um, Just standard humdrum work stuff. Um, I mean, like for my work, I I work for a a utility um, company. um, And it's mostly just... uh, uh, acting as an email jockey and answering a few phone calls and that sort of thing. I, I deal with a lot of, uh, job queues and stuff like that. So it's just a matter of, uh, trying to keep all the numbers down and get through things as quickly as I, as I can. But, um, it's fairly, uh, it can be fairly boring stuff, especially to, to talk about, but I don't mind it. Um, but yeah, apart from that, just, uh, dealing with, uh, the realities of, uh, you know coronavirus life, and um, uh, I, I mean, like I've I've been working from home for the you know past few months, um, which I'd never really done before, um, and it's it's it hasn't been too bad. It's not too bad for me because I've I've got a pretty decent setup in the study with with my computers and all the rest of it. Um, so it's it's worked pretty well for me. A lot of people are really struggling with it, but the the biggest difficulty I find is like i love spending more time at home uh, with the family and the kids but um it can be a bit of a distraction unless you're careful about how you manage it so um so yeah just all that sort of stuff um
1: yeah we we should mention um even though the whole pandemic has been going for a while in australia it's really got serious recently for us so um yeah. Yeah. But yeah. even in I our mean, state particularly where we live, so yeah.
0: Yeah, in our state we're having a fairly significant issue with a lot of community community trans, transmission. Um it's it seems to be a bit more straightforward to manage when you're um able to keep the the borders locked down as it were, but um once once it gets past that and amongst the community it's a lot a lot more difficult to keep a, a lid on. Yeah. So yeah. So our topic for today is shells. Um, so in terms of using a shell uh, to, to get work done, um, what are sort of the key features or... Um, uh, yeah, what, what are the key features that you look for in a shell? Um, what's what's important to you?
1: Yeah, well, I use the shell, I mean, for development. So sysadmin may use the shell like to actually get work done whereas i'm um you know using git or making and applying patches and um yeah so i use the shell quite a bit still but possibly not as much as the sysadmin would um, and the features that i look for mainly are interactive features so i know there are you can use the shell as pro- for programming and talk about that later but um, I mainly am interested in uh, sort of quality of life features like uh, syntax highlighting and auto completion and setting up good history search aliases and um, being able to easily set up shortcuts so I quite I like to make my shell rather than focusing so much on the shell just have it as like a, a good uh, experience and efficient to you know um, switch branches for example I have a Shortcut, and I can just switch branches, you know, based on uh, the most recently committed to branches. So, you know, the ones that Mm. have been worked on a sort of on the top of the list Mm. or um, Mm. easy to access. Yeah, so lots of, um, yeah, lots of sort of usability improvements. I'm interested in that. And uh, the actual language I'm not so fussed about. And, And I've set this up with different shells too. So even though... I've only sort of seriously used a few shells. Probably most of them I could set up to be quite, uh, you know, to a state I'd be quite happy using.
0: Yeah, yep. Yeah, I mean, for me, some some of those same things are the more important aspects, but um, certainly when you say quality of life stuff, the syntax highlighting and autocomplete stuff, that's... um, that's pretty much a given for me as well but um history search is something that I've worked on a little bit i I use um, fuzzy finder to um, access my um, my command history um and I've sort of got a bit of a setup where um, the just through the um r c config stuff for um, for bash um it's set up so that um, the history is shared immediately um, across all um, all login sessions um, because I I sort of switch um, fairly frequently between my main machine and my laptop, and um, I just want to have access to all the same um, the same history um, sort of immediately because there's um, there's no really no real need for me to have any sort of isolation um, between them. Um, uh, apart from that, um, a big thing for me is, especially not being as used to working uh, in a command line interface for um, for years and years. I, I it's fairly important for me to have a good um, sort of interface design, good user experience, um, as it were. I've I spent a bit of time um, fiddling with. Um, my command prompt and all that sort of thing. I've, I've also got a, a um, an awk um, wrapper scripts for ls, you know, just because I want ls output to be formatted in a way that um, works for my brain a little bit better. Um, just that sort of thing. So, just small things um, to improve um, just the the look of it and the way the information is chunked on screen uh, for me to digest, um, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. I'm wondering if we should go through some of like the actual things we have set up, like you just did there. I, I didn't. Should I mention hmm. some of the things that I find useful? Yeah. Or have yeah, you sure. finished with uh, the other things you yeah, wanted to no, no, mention? You
0: go, you go. What are the big ticket? So, items yeah.
1: You? So I mentioned it before branch switching. Um, hmm. I didn't, Going to quite as much detail as I could have, but like I've got a shortcut where I, um, uh, to switch branches, but it also gives the author, so I can see the branches that I've personally committed on, um, ordered by date, so yeah, I can just very quickly switch to branches that I've been recently working on, um, Mm. because it can get a bit confusing if you're on a project that has it must be hundreds of branches now. I'm not sure, maybe it's less than a hundred, but it's it's a lot, irrespective, Mm. um, too many Mm. to sort sort through. Um, so that's quite handy. Um, another one is um, auto-completing based on uh, on-screen text. So, you know, you might not want to use your mouse to click on a word and auto-complete it, but you you can use the key, uh, shortcut keys to move the cursor. But really, you just want to type in some text that's on the screen often. You know, you might have just done an mm. LS or whatever. And so mm. this is like a short. It's like an auto completion, but based on things you can see, or mm. the scrollback buffer. And so it auto. Yeah. does fuzzy finder, but takes the um, yeah. the input of the screen ordered by um, how close it is to your cursor, basically, or how close it is to um, the bottom of the scrollback. And I uh, find yeah, that sure. quite handy too.
0: Yep. and these uh, these sort of features are they. Um, are they already part of the the shell that you use or is this stuff that you sort of bolted on externally? Or no, I've, I've it... done
1: it, but it wasn't that hard. It was like, it's a quite a yeah. small script. Just, you know, yep. um, get the output of Tmux and put it into uh, Fuzzy Find. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yep. Well, Yeah, the
1: output yeah. of the Tmux scroll buffer, you can, there's a command to access it.
0: Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll have to look into that. That sounds good. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: there's probably more as well. I mean, I've written a bunch of my own utilities for git and this kind of thing, but it's probably mm. not worth going through every single utility um just stuff <laughs> for the shell um yeah yeah um, and just similar to what you're saying, um fuzzy finder, another example is I can do a search for files and directories um so if I want to reference a file, I can just press a key and it just recursively searches mm. all the files and then yeah puts them um puts that into the. Into the prompt once once it's done, and that's that's quite yeah.
0: nice. I think that's quite common. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I I use Fuzzy Finder for a few things. It's um. It's good because it it follows that uh, Unix philosophy of uh, doing one thing and doing it well. Um, you're able to mix and match it um, with a lot of with. With great effect, with a lot of different things. But uh, one other thing that I use it for a bit is um, I have a, a cron job that um, that runs um, update db, the um, the database for uh, uh, for all the files on the file system on my computer. But uh, that also runs another um, uh, database for all of the files on my NAS um, drive, um, which is where pretty much all of my important stuff is and um, it's not and if I'm looking for a a path for a particular file um, it just passes all of the uh, the output of the local file database as well as the database for uh, the NAS um, to Fuzzy Finder and I've got every single file um, I have just in a list and um, with um, fuzzy searching and I can get around very quickly that way it's good
1: yeah Perhaps I should mention too, I'm absolutely uh, not a fan of fuzzy finding itself. And that's one of the reasons I didn't use it for quite a long time until more recently, in fact. Um, for example, mm. if you type in a name, I want to type it in with the capitals, you know, like case sensitive, the exact name. And so I set it up with all the searching tools that I use to, to be not fuzzy but a fuzzy mm-hmm. finder also has options not to be fuzzy as well. So I turn all the fuzzy options off. So it's really not the fuzziness mm-hmm. that I'm interested in. It's just being able to interactively search through a list of things.
0: Yeah, yeah, sure.
1: I mean, I can see why you might want to have fuzzy um, fuzzy options. It's just that often I know what I'm looking for. And if it's being fuzzy, I'm getting all these results that uh, that I don't want, basically.
0: Yeah, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, that the fuzzy... Um the search aspect of it is valuable to me, but um yeah, I can understand why why you say that so um one key aspect of most shells is um uh, command aliases have you got any um any particularly fancy or clever aliases? hmm uh
1: I suppose yeah I mean they probably if you look up lists of aliases, mine wouldn't be so different. Yeah, quite a few aliases yeah. to get um, for yeah. the updating or, you know, recursively updating all the sub modules as well as the current repository and stuff, because that's quite mm. a long command. Mm. Um, yeah, not any that I think are worth mentioning by name. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I use aliases and it's handy. Yeah. So sometimes it's yeah. annoying because you can use aliases for things that are actually sometimes commands and you have to be a bit careful, but.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I found with aliases, I end up, um, I've ended up more recently just moving them to 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 shell scripts and giving them very long names about exactly what they do. So, mm. you know, git shallow clone or you know mm. s- some very specific names, and then if I need to do a very short alias to it, I'll just have a you know very few letters, and it'll link to the it'll alias the long command. Yeah, and that sure, makes it a bit sure. easier to keep track of what's going on and all the different functionality, if I'm ever not sure.
0: Yeah, that's a good tip.
1: Um, the, yeah. the other thing that that helps with is um, it helps changing shells. Because if you have this command as a as a bash script, even if you want to try a different shell, it doesn't really matter because it's still going to run that that alias through bash. Whereas if mm. you try a different shell, the some quirk of the quoting or how it expands yeah. variables or something might yeah. not work with an alias. So I find mm. generally it's just good to have that um, for, for, for moving to different shells and trying out different shells.
0: Yeah. So I mentioned before that I've only really had experience with Bash. I'm, I've had... Yeah, a couple of brief forays into using ZSH and um, fish, um, but that that was very brief. I didn't really spend much time with it. Um, what are some of the, the shells that you've had some experience with, Cam?
1: Oh, the same ones. Um, yeah, just Bash, hmm. um, then ZSH, and now I'm using fish. Yeah. Um, yeah. ZSH, I feel like ZSH and fish are more or less on par. Like, you can pretty much configure one to do all the same things as the other probably with yeah, a few okay. exceptions but um just for the interactive usage they're both pretty good um i'm using fish mainly because of the uh the suggestions so when you yeah, type in yeah. a command it'll it can put in very you know uh very subtle text whatever it would autocomplete if you were to autocomplete and that's mm, really yeah. nice because then you can just press right and you've got the whole command in
0: Yeah, yeah. Because
1: you often don't think to autocomplete even when you could.
0: Yeah, Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, look, once I decide that I'm comfortable to make the move away from Bash to something else, um, I'm definitely uh, very intrigued by Fish. Um, Yeah, looks good.
1: So maybe we could mention um, shells for programming compared to just uh, interactive use.
0: I don't really have any um, background doing uh, development at all. Um, And what little coding I've done is um, pretty much been exclusively um, bash scripting. I've started to dabble in a couple of other things, but um, that's just in terms of getting um, uh, things up to do some sort of basic sysadmin stuff um, on my home network and uh, just managing a few things for myself, um, not having to remember all the things I've I've done a few bash scripts for, for those sort of purposes, um, but obviously, um, you know when, when you're doing simple scripting, um, a shell like bash is um, is well suited. You, you're able to get your head around it pretty pretty quickly. There's obviously um, there's obviously a long history with um, you know um, bash and and the born shell um and it can i get the impression it can be a little bit like english sometimes there's sort of lots of strange little quirks and edge cases and that sort of thing but um there's you know a lot of resource online to to get your head around all that sort of stuff and um it's worked pretty well for me but i definitely um I don't know, but I definitely imagine there could be some um, better off options out there in terms of both languages and shells that are more modern um, and um, have, you know, uh, better, um, yeah, better quality of life features.
1: Yeah, um, well, I have opinions on this stuff, but it's hmm. it's sort of from a bit of a different perspective, and that is that you know if you're writing a a shell script run on your own computer, just locally, it's fine. There's no problems with that. If it becomes really big, Mm. maybe you would think about moving to a a, a scripting language, but even so, um, it's mostly okay. Um, The issues that I have with using shell scripting are more to do with portability. So if you write Mm. something, it's hard to know whether that's going to run on a Mac or on one of the BSDs. Because you end Mm. up relying on a lot of system functions as well, and uh, it's so usually in those situations, if I start running something in Bash, I usually regret it because someone, you know, reports a bug that that command didn't work on their Mac, yeah, and then they send in a patch and I can't review it because I don't have a Mac, and then I just rewrite it in Python. Well, I have done this in the past at least, Um, because well, and Python it could be Python, but I'm sure Ruby or Perl or any of the other scripting languages would be. Um, yeah. just as good in that in that way because you yeah. don't want there to be these differences between systems or even differences between versions of Bash mm. um, whereas with Python, I guess you've still got the version problem in some cases but with Python, it's a bit easier to write uh, in using the simple simple features of Python and know that it's going to run on different systems.
0: Yeah, and I suppose where you do have the version problem, like in the case of Python, it's at a particular um, juncture at, um, in, in the life of the project, like from you know version two to three, and um, everyone's in the same boat. And once you move past it, that's it. Sort of. Yeah,
1: thing. and if you're just writing utilities, you're normally normally not using the more uh, recently added features of the language. You can just use the the basic features and be quite yeah, confident yeah. that it'll run in older versions of the language. Of course, if it's important, you can you can always have the older version installed and double check.
0: Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'd mainly avoid bash scripting or avoid shell scripting as a programming language completely. Basically, if there's any problem that I'm solving that is more than a few lines and it's not trivial then I just move away from shell scripting because I've had too many problems with it and I find it tricky to debug as well, particularly because often failures go by unnoticed or they fail silently Hmm. and it can be difficult to figure out, you know, at what point the problem or at what point something went wrong, whereas with scripting languages or Python specifically, it will usually raise an exception, you know, at the point when something failed.
0: Mm, yeah.
1: Yeah, so I've been trying to get Michael to learn Python for a while, but he's resisted and yeah, he's, still using he's been bash for on some... my case
0: for a long time, yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm not sure why you persist with bash.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I I um I I I definitely have every intention of uh, uh doing more stuff in in Python um Cam and I uh, worked on something uh, together recently or, or it wasn't really us working together. It was more uh, Cam doing all the work and explaining what he was doing while he was doing <laughs> it. But um, that was pretty valuable for me. But, you know, it's, uh, it's a whole new thing that I, I don't have any experience with. So it's just a matter of getting over that first hurdle um, uh, before I get into it a bit more. But I, I really, um, I think I really need to uh, pull the the rug out from underneath myself and just not give myself the option of uh, uh, doing a new script in in bash just um, make a rule for myself that it has to be achieved in Python that's probably the only way that i'm I'm going to uh, be able to move forward with it so I won't have to do that
1: yeah it's it's difficult because bash is it's like a very low barrier of entry. You can always copy and paste yeah. commands into a text file and then yeah. you know there's your script and there yeah. is particularly with doing stuff interacting with other processes it is a bit it's a bit of a faff in python although it's mm. it's gotten better actually but yeah it's not you know just like piping things to each other it's not quite as well it's nowhere near as smooth and uh, mm. seamless as doing it in a shell scripting language so yeah this i can mm. understand why you might not want to for some things but
0: mm.
1: yeah i just Usually, I'm happy that I've done stuff in Python.
0: Yeah, and it certainly, um, it certainly seems to be a lot of a uh, lot of resources and support out there for for Python. So yeah.
1: Yeah, and the other thing with Python is, you can have users on Windows and Mac run it. Well, users yes, on Windows yeah. more than Mac really, um, yeah, can run yeah. it as well. Yeah, it's not that hard to write portable Python. With yeah. with some caveats, but, it depends what you're doing exactly, but yeah.
0: Yeah. But now now we live in a WSL world, there's bash everywhere. Yeah, so I'm so not that, sure probably... about
1: that. I'm not sure if it's <laughs> No, as in I'm not casting doubt on WSL, but as a project, is it fair to say to someone, hey, you have to install WSL? Yeah, yeah. Like as yeah. a part of a build process or as a part of you as a part of using the software. And yeah. I think it doesn't install with some versions of Windows or it's maybe they're changing yeah. that now. But yeah, so just saying, yeah, we depend on WSL, I'm not sure if that's
0: reasonable. Yeah, sure, sure. So I remember um, hearing, I think it was on some, some podcast recently, uh, someone made mention of um, user interface design for uh The command line interfaces for certain uh, pieces of software and I thought it was interesting to look at it that way you you always you always think of UX um, design in terms of uh, GUIs like graphical interfaces um, and not really so much uh, command line interfaces but I think it's a valid uh, consideration you know it might only be text-based but there's still Um, uh, user interface niceties that are important in that sort of environment and um, I don't know Cam I was just interested to see if you had any thoughts about um, uh, the uh, command line interfaces for you know common software and whether you think people generally get it right or not or whether there's room for improvement in that area.
1: One of the areas to do with usability that I find a bit disappointing is consistency because I feel like mm. with user interfaces, having consistency between applications is quite nice. Yeah. Um, mm. Whereas with command line uh, applications, it's usually every command has its own way of dealing with arguments and interaction mm. and the way it passes command line arguments. Just the terms that will be used for different arguments and how they're passed exactly, it can be a bit different and um, it's a bit of a shame that there mm. aren't uh, more, there isn't more consistency, although I can see why, because each application is maintained separately. So, yeah, yeah, they all yeah. work a bit differently. I mean, it's okay, it's not terrible, but yeah, yeah. it's a little nicety that you, uh, that we miss out on.
0: Yeah, and I mean, like, that's... There's a focus on consistency and uh, a common uh, interface language for um, for GUIs because you know um, you do that. You you have desktop environments which are their own projects that are specifically focused on um, on worrying about um, uh, you know uh, the visuals and uh, the user interface and that sort of thing. There's nothing equivalent for uh, command line interfaces there's no sort of command line desktop environment projects as as it were
1: it's yeah, something that i've also found lacking I'm not sure if this is usability exactly but more documentation and that is man pages often don't have good examples or at least mm, you really yeah. notice the ones that do because yeah. often you'll get all these Sort of a reference of every possible command you could type. And then it's really nice if there's like a handful of typical use cases and how you would yeah. do them. Yeah. Um,
0: that, that, that can be had though. It's not, it's like you say, it's not always available in the man pages, but there's separate projects for um, specifically for um, providing. Um, uh usage examples sure and you can Um, look
1: online and stuff it's just nice when uh, a man page has some handy examples for things that you know top three things you might often do with the with the command
0: yeah agreed. yeah as we've mentioned earlier there's a few uh key key features or um or requirements that we have um, from shells for what we actually want to use them for, but is there specific things that you uh, avoid using uh, shells for uh, that you prefer a, a GUI um, to be able to, to do that work? Or
1: Oh, yeah, I suppose. Um, yeah, a bunch of things. Uh, FTP client, I still use graphical user interface. Probably command line would be okay too, but I just happen happen to use uh, FileZilla. Um, Mm. Email, I've tried Mutt. It's okay, but I still use a graphical email client. Um, Mm. Yeah, and the web. Uh, I also don't use, well, it's a little bit, it's not to do with graphical or non-graphical. It's more to do with terminal or not being in a terminal. You know, some people try and move their complete workflow to the terminal, and Mm. I'm not against that. Lots of terminal programs are good, and I'll use them happily. But I'm also not trying to get rid of graphical programs either. Um,
0: yeah, yeah. It, um, the The biggest attraction I have to trying to move as much of my workflow to the terminal as I can is just the flexibility you get from it in terms of uh, software like Tmux. Um, just the the ability to have a session running that you can attach and detach um, as you wish um, in whatever context you want. Like the situation for me is, I mentioned earlier that um, I, I'm i usually either on my main machine or on my laptop and I want to be able to uh, be doing the same work regardless of which machine I'm at. Um, and something like t is very useful because, um, you know, I can... I can SSH from the uh, the laptop into my main machine and work away on that. And if something happens to drop out, I haven't lost the session um, because it's still running in the background in tmux, and I can just reattach it um, when I can get back to it. Um, so those sort of those sort of options in terms of how the the interface works in uh, in the terminal um, is the the um, the big draw card for me trying to do as much as I think is appropriate um, in that in that sort of environment
1: yeah I mean I use SSH uh, for remoting into systems uh, well not in my home but other other systems and but it's not something I do for running software frequently mm. so mm. so that's not such an issue for me
0: hmm yeah
1: also, with text editing, um, you don't get access to the same shortcut keys uh, in a terminal. Or, you, if you do, you really have to work for it because there aren't default <laughs> bindings for certain uh, combinations of keys.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, just as a simple example, you can't have Control M as a shortcut uh, in the terminal um, because that's and what. That's like enter is What's enter M? enter the enter key uses the escape code for control M like they conflict oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah yeah sure. The first time I tried to do some pair programming with you, I tried to run Emacs in a terminal and I couldn't press enter <laughs> and it was really annoying. <laughs> I couldn't even press enter to quit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: very annoying for you, but very entertaining. for Yeah, because
1: you were seeing me as like some expert and I'm like trying to furiously figure out how to quit. It's yeah. <laughs> i just had like okay. the what is that q exclamation and i'm just pressing it it's like nothing's happening <laughs> yeah so you get access to more key shortcuts uh for graphical applications
0: yeah so i mean you uh added a few um of what you refer to as next gen shells in in the show notes, and I wasn't uh, previously aware of any of them. Uh, I was wondering how you came across these ones.
1: Huh, I'm not sure. It probably Hacker News, uh, yeah, or well, some of them. One of them was a podcast. I heard a podcast yeah. uh, for Ziki X I K I dot org. Yeah, uh, it yeah. Was quite that quite
0: seems interesting. pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah, I had a quick look at that one. What's the uh, killer feature for that, would you say?
1: Uh, Ziki mixes the output of commands with the ability to be able to interact with them and and operate on them, basically. So you can Mm -hmm. run commands and then start using the output of a ls command, for example, to do things with the directories and go into the directories, expand the subdirectories. It, it, mm. You watch like a demo of Ziki and it feels like a terminal from the future or yeah, a command line yeah. interface from the future.
0: Yeah, when I had a look at the um, the video um, sort of outlining some of the features, um, it brought to mind for me um, working in uh, org mode with, with Babel, just that um, sort of literate programming um, uh, functionality. There's very little barrier between running commands and... Uh, getting your output, uh, just that feedback loop it uh, just seems very intuitive um, and very free-flowing from what I can see in the video. It looked really good.
1: Yeah, and I've tried some of these shells, although not Ziki as it happens. Uh, couldn't get it working and tried, me and another developer tried for quite a while. I don't know if it was an hour or something, but we both tried on our laptops to get it working and we failed. Um, That's a shame. Yeah, it was, it's in Ruby and it needed these Ruby dependencies, but... I don't know, we followed the instructions and it wasn't working and yeah, who knows why it wasn't. Um but it wasn't an obvious error. It just something was broken. Mm. Yeah, so unfortunately we couldn't couldn't try that. Um mm. but there's a few other ones too. Um there's a few that have come out more recently. Um we'll link to them in the show notes. Uh New Shell mm. and uh Crush. Um, and also should mention PowerShell as well. Um mm. Yeah, so so I was wondering why you think they haven't taken off.
0: Is it because I mean I, I I haven't had a close look at all of them but is it because they're relatively new projects for the most part?
1: Yeah, well not all of them. So Ziki's quite old mm. for example and it's had mm. enough time. Um but yeah, some of them are pretty new as well and they may take off, sure.
0: Yeah, maybe it's just the um, the more well-known shells have a bit more inertia already. I'm not sure. Yeah, um, I wonder
1: if it's um, for the kinds of things that you end up doing, like with those more advanced functions, people end up just going to Python anyway. So for a shell, they just want to type in some short few keystrokes to do something quick. And you can, mm. you know, use grep or a few commands to filter out things or count the number of lines. But if you're starting to do really advanced things with tables and sorting by columns and things like this, it just ends up being easier to use uh, to use a scripting language with a library, especially suited to that. And then you can mm. you can give that to someone else; they don't have to have the fancy shell that you have set up. And um, mm. yeah, it may just be that that advanced functionality. People are already doing in the scripting languages.
0: Yeah, and there's just not a desire for a shell to gobble up too much of that external functionality.
1: Yeah, and you would need to spend like, even though they look really user friendly when you try to interact with these shells, I-, I can imagine you would need to be spending time to figure out how to um, like yeah, how to use yeah. those different features, and mm. for some commands, you would possibly need to extend them. As in mm. by default, Ziki wouldn't know about how to extend all sorts of different commands that probably needs some knowledge inside it uh, mm. you know to, to wrap yeah. these these commands so it's not like everything just works out of the box
0: yeah, and I suppose with the uh, uh, the popular shells, I suppose there's already enough configurability in most of them uh, for for people to. You know, achieve pretty much anything that they're they're looking for, um, as long as they set it up the right way.
1: Yeah, for interactive stuff. Yeah, for the programming stuff, not necessarily. Like uh, new shell does some pretty nice things with uh, table data.
0: Yeah, yeah, you
1: sure. You couldn't do in other in other shells.
0: Yeah, again, we, we talk about talking about table data. I think of uh, org mode, and I'm not sure whether, you know. If, if that's something that's um, important for you, whether between, you know, one of the, you know, the popular shells and, um, and org mode in EMAX, then you'd be able to sort of achieve what you wanted in yeah, that sort of area. Yeah,
1: it's quite the same thing because with the the shells you can do things like piping tables between commands and that kind of thing. I'm not sure. I don't use org mode that much. So I don't know how, like I've never written a table or never used one of the tables in org mode, but I Mm. don't think it's focused Mm. so much on piping tables between commands. No. I don't know if you can do that or if you can, it might not be like built in or something.
0: Yeah. Or maybe if, if you can do something like that, it might be a bit of a hack. Uh, Yeah. I'd, I'd, I I have some, I have very little experience with org mode just sort of starting out with it, but yeah.
1: Yeah, but it's still, uh, the point uh, is still reasonable that the people who are interested in doing these things may already be using org mode and extending it. Yeah. And the kinds of things you can do with uh, tables and passing them between commands to operate on them, you know, those kind of people either they're using a scripting language or they have a, an existing solution set up to do that because they're yeah. they're doing mm. they're operating on tables frequently and most people don't really need that they can just you know the the basic shell um piping commands is is just good enough even though it's yeah. quite primitive
0: yeah. yeah
1: yeah yeah it's a shame though because they seem quite good so i think it's also the problem is like critical mass, you know, for any of these to become mm. popular, you need to get enough people all using the one thing. So there's plugins that people are sharing and uh, a yeah. big enough user base to uh, to make it have enough momentum.
0: Have a, com- have a community around it, yeah.
1: It seems to be fairly small teams or even individuals can work on a shell and make a pretty interesting uh, command line shell. But to get enough people into it, for it to be uh, something that takes off. It Mm. just hasn't happened or hasn't happened in a big way. I'm not sure how to think of uh, PowerShell in this case because I think it's popular on Windows and some people Mm. use it on Linux, but I'm not certain as to whether it would become a popular shell on Linux that would be comparable to Bash or something similar.
0: Yeah, I think it's fairly early days for PowerShell use on Linux. Um, So it might just be might just be that. Have you tried um, it? I've I've got it I've got it installed um and I've I've um logged into it a couple of times but um haven't spent any um I haven't spent too much time with it but I've you know I've heard heard a bit of discussion about how it works and you know the focus on you know an object oriented um approach to um to To the command line, um, yeah, and, and the fact that that's, um, a bit of an in- innovation compared to just the traditional Unix thing of, um, everything being a text stream, um, yeah,
1: yeah, I mean, that seems like an interesting innovation and something worth looking into. Mm. Um, I mean, just personally, as I've said before, I moved to a scripting language when, when, uh, the shell, when I have to start actually doing programming in a shell. Mm. Um, but probably it 's fine um i've found it a bit slow though, like I remember starting it, and you could tell like there was a wait uh there was some sort of warm up time where it took a while to actually log in and start the shell compared to every other shell i 've used. It felt quite slow
0: yeah i just um I just tried logging in now. I see what you mean. <laughs> there is a bit of a lag there yeah
1: and that sounds like you know a bit silly, maybe, but if you're opening up terminals and closing and opening a bit, if you have to wait half a second yeah. or a second, it's it's a bit much.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, like, the, you know, you, you come to expect um, a, bit, a bit of a performance hit for, you know, heavy uh, GUI programs and uh, all the rest of it. You want, you know, if you're going to be spending time um, in a terminal, you want it to be snappy.
1: Yeah, I mean... For the kinds of things I've heard PowerShell does well, um, automating system administration on Windows, probably it doesn't matter if it takes a little bit of time to start up or it's possible that on Windows it starts up much quicker. Um, Mm, Maybe we shouldn't assume that the slow Linux startup time applies everywhere. But that may not matter if you're automating a whole lot of things and starting it up is sort of a one-time cost. Whereas if you're Mm. using the shell like... I have commands hooked up to do window management through the shell, you know, and if I had to wait half a second, I would notice it. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, we'll have to see if any of these take off. Um, if people start using them day to day, if any listeners would like to write in, if they're using some of the alternative shells on a daily basis, I'd be interested to know.
0: Hmm. For sure.
1: All right. Well, I think we've covered quite a few aspects of shells. Um, Happy to hear any feedback on the topic. Um, yeah, all right. Well, catch you later, Michael.
0: Catch you, Cam. It's been good.